Not sure if the path of your parents is the path for you? What questions do you begin with? What does self-discovery feel like? My journey of self-discovery has been both my privilege and my tribulation. I have lived life differently than most. I offer educational sessions on how to pursue your path. Links and contacts are in the bios. Welcome to episode 12, the Sex and Humans podcast, the language of empowerment with Stacey Tucker. Stacy is a level one emergency department trauma nurse and created a foundation for her clinical training to navigate interpersonal trauma with her clients. In her early childhood, her spiritual life was profound and her acupuncturist practice is aligned with various psychedelic modalities such as medical ketamine treatments for PTSD and depression. I was actually one of Stacy's clients two years ago in Kansas City, Missouri, exploring the enhanced treatment of the combination of acupuncture, chiropractic, and ketamine therapies. This is the final episode of season one, and we are so lucky to have Stacy on to talk to us about the language of empowerment and how it is important to both the healing process and life after the process is finished. So Stacy, when people first come to you, how is their self-talk or their talk about their environment or their circumstances different from when they finish their treatment with you? Well, thanks. Thanks for having me today. It's great to be here. And um, I think I'll just kind of say what, what I tell, tell my clients. Once you start working with me, we're going to be cleaning out the cobwebs. It is rare that the people that I work with aren't truly ready to um, take things to the next, I, I reluctantly say the next level, but it's people who are highly committed to their growth, looking at themselves in all the nuances, the subtleties of hidden, hidden things that they didn't even realize were there any longer. So many of the times the way people will present is that they just know there's more. And there's the subtle traces of fear or emotions that are holding them back from moving forward through um, uh, different transitions in life that we work through. And essentially, the technique of acupuncture that I use in combination with understanding the, uh, you know, the subtle energetic nuances of, of the masculine and the feminine and how we have so many stored um, emotions in our body allows for the, um, I guess it's like a reveal of, of where mm -hmm. that people didn't even realize. So with the acupuncture, we st I start a conversation because sometimes where the needles go, it might hurt a little bit. And based on where um, there might be a little of extra pain, it opens up the conversations for those fear-based emotions, anger, emotions, mm -hmm. grief, and what have you that are very, very subtle. And so um, it allows people to then reflect or even some many times just release. Um, it doesn't necessarily require someone to identify with the storyline around why it's there. It just is. And once we can release some of that, um, it, it allows for uh, more, more clarity on how to move forward. So, so what, what, what kind of brought you to this? What, what, what was the impetus? What was your drive to 
move into this away from the trauma nurse, to, uh, even if you were looking just to leave the ER, why, why this direction? What is it about this direction that is valuable to you? Um, I will say that it chose me. I did not choose this. I, when I quit working in the hospitals, it was because of what I was experiencing as, as a nurse that where I saw a lot of um, misalignment in, in things that I was being asked to do for care that I didn't think were, was necessary because of my spiritual background. Um, so I was trained in acupuncture by an Orthodox monk who happens to be a Cherokee Indian and a former um, heroin addict. And he saw how I worked as a nurse and he pulled me aside and he said, I'm going to teach you to do what I do. And it's this particular um, technique of acupuncture for um, addiction and PTSD. I shelved it. I quit working in a hospital and I said, you know, I'm done. I don't ever want to nurse again. And for years I had friends, you know, telling me that I really need to get back into healthcare, that I'm good at it. And I, you know, I was like, nope, never going to go back into healthcare and had an opportunity, a friend of mine, a dear, dear friend of mine, her sister's are both long-term opioid addicts. They're, they're musicians. They come from a musical family, very high profile. And she asked me if I would please help her family detox from their, um, their substance abuse. And so I made a decision to, to help people that I loved. And I, you know, I would help do acupuncture here and there. And that kind of started the, the rollout of the results that I get whenever I, with the type of care that I provide. And over the years, then I started getting more and more referrals because it's results, you know, I get the results and to be in all transparency, I actually have complex PTSD. Mm. And during one of our detox clients treatments, the man that trained me, um, he and I were working closely together because I needed, needed extra hands to do this. And so in order for us to make sure that we were staying um, grounded and balanced, we would trade, we would do acupuncture on each other to make sure that we were staying taken care of. And about a week after I got home from this, this uh, treatment session, I woke up in, for the first time in about a decade and I wasn't afraid in the middle of the night. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared for whatever this imminent doom thing, you know, mm -hmm. that, that I, and I couldn't attach to something to worry about. And I was like, oh my God it treated my PTSD that I didn't even realize that I had officially. Mm -hmm. I knew that I'd been through some stressful, stressful situations, but, um, and I often say it's not the, it's not my work. It's not my nursing background that caused it. It was, it was more in a, um, 
a subtle, a subtle way in a way that, that, that would have not been expected that, that I acquired the, the PTSD. So that happened. And I also have three children. And some of the experiences that I was witnessing in my children's peer group with a lot of children being medicated at an early age for attention deficit, for them being medicated for anxiety and depression, um, the suicide rates decreasing significantly in age with our children. And my oldest daughter and I had a conversation and she's like, mom, we need to make the work that, that you're doing more accessible instead of it being behind the scenes so much. And it, you have to know somebody to get to you. Um, we need to make this more accessible because we're dealing with some real um, crises, I think, in the mental health. Um, especially now. Area. I mean, this was, what year is this about? Oh, gosh. We um, opened up Dalchemy the brand in mm -hmm. 2019, but I've been okay. doing this so, for, I, I finally, right. But it but came it, to you pre pandemic. Correct. Just before the pandemic. Yeah. Which exactly. Arguably made everything significantly worse. Right. And so while I was still working fully and, you know, I was, it was busy. We decided to brand, you know, create a brand around it to mm -hmm. where we can actually train more, um, nurses or first responders, right. That have a high level of, of understanding trauma and are quick on their feet because they're quick learners, right. Then we're like, okay, mm -hmm. great. Let's start a platform where we can make this training of technique more accessible to where it's going to, uh, hopefully create more, uh, community health-based care for people within different communities, different demographics, because mental health doesn't discriminate. Drug addiction doesn't discriminate. It, it, right. you know, there's just certain things that, the, and everyone has a nervous system. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, that's kind of what got me back into it. It was the results because it's about service. And whenever you have a tool that actually can provide results, I feel like there's a responsibility. And it wasn't until I started seeing the results in my clients being relatively dramatic along with my own experience that I was like, this is a responsibility. So... Well, I mean, I mean when, we, when we went through, I mean, I definitely had a, a pretty profound change, a pretty profound um, movement forward, and you know, and, and I, I, I tripped up a few times. There were there were some further lows and that sort of thing, but I mean, really, it was the first time that I remember so specifically uh, being in front of Talcomy on the street corner talking to my therapist, having a session, being like, I feel like just this, this pressure, this thing on my chest is just gone. Um, and that was really, that was really interesting because I was, I was, that was the part that I couldn't get rid of, right? I, I could cognitively process and understand what was going on with me and how to move forward and that it wasn't going to be forever. You know, all the things that you, you kind of know through experience 
but it was really struggling with the feeling that just wouldn't go away. And, and to me, that's, that's really after this week of, of pretty intense stuff, you know, I, I, I realized I was able to, you know, start to feel literally like to start to feel joy. Um, and, and that just wasn't possible for a while. Like nothing, like my serotonin had just ceased working um, up until that point. And, you know, I, I could have won the lottery probably and just been like, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, sure. You know, like, aren't you happy? Y you know, objectively, yes, I would, I, I could understand that I was supposed to be happy, but, you know, there just were no feelings. And it was in this week, you know, I, I have pictures of it, you know, where I, I found myself smiling and laughing and, it, you know, and, and finding a space to, to, to have some joy um which is you know you talk about you know the subtleties and the nuances people ready to do this kind of experience i think do you find that that usually comes with the bottom or the top you know right um, you know by the time you turn yourself yeah. inward enough you have to do it like it's not fun really i mean you know it's not like an amusement park experience where you're like hey i'm gonna go do all this figuring out and we're going to go and have these things. I'm probably going to cry a lot. <laughs> you know, it's not usually something people are like, so what are you going to do in your spare time? Well, this is it. So it usually takes people, I think, <clears throat> at least it took for me, you know, it, it was a need-based experience that, you know, provided some, a lot of want growth right? That you, that you would arguably want, you, you want to feel better about yourself. You want to learn more about who you are. You know, a big part of this podcast is really asking that question, you know, like Temet Noska, um, know thyself. And I think a big part of what you were doing, at least when I went through it personally, um, really helped me remember some of those things and be able to feel some of those things rather than just restating it to myself in my head, hoping that one day my body would also believe me. So, you know, it's, it, that, that's kind of, I think, one of the real values that I gained from this. And then, you know, I, I did it. I did the entire routine again about a year and a half later. Uh, much more in depth from a ketamine point of view, but also doing acupuncture. It was not with you. It was a, it was a different acupuncturist. But um, I found that that combination was was really was really helpful um, and worked really really well together. You know, the, the ketamine was kind of going in to the brain and doing what that does and connecting it. At, at you know at a neurological level, but it was the acupuncture that was kind of opening up these pathways so that my brain could then get back in touch with my body. And that may or may not be scientifically or medically accurate, but that was my experience from within myself, based on what was happening to the outside of me. No, you're absolutely on point. Um, the uh essentially the way I talk about it. And ironically, since, since we did ketamine with you, I've actually opened up a ketamine 
business as well. Um, and, um, where it's, it's kind of creating, it's putting everything together because, um, you know, I'd been in the psychedelic space for, for quite some time doing retreats and what have you. And, um, you know, privately or what have you with, um, I kind of get called in to make sure things don't go South, um, sometimes to, Hmm. uh, you know, safety. And, um, when you came in though, I, I, I had, I would start, I would take my clients to a ketamine facility and quickly what happened is that the, the clinic was noticing that my clients were getting far faster results. And they were like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? That's different because your clients are not requiring, you know, what the standard protocol is of six, six treatments. Yeah. Right. Like one to two times. And they're just like it's. And I said, well, you know, it's because we're pre-gaming, you know, preloading, doing an evidence based technique of acupuncture that actually starts getting the body primed to be able to utilize the the medicine. Kind of mean in particular right now um, to do its, do its work in a way that it's not a band-aid type of treatment because there's certain biochemical components of the body that if we can get it, it brought into an internal harmony, it allows the medicine to just work far more profoundly Mm. on the mind, right? Because the the ketamine is working on the mind. The acupuncture is working on the body. And many times, like you said, I, I have people who've done an immense amount of self-awareness work, you know, self-actualization. And um, I don't remember who said the quote, but it's like enlightenment is actually quite underwhelming. And so say, like when people are starting to work with me, it's like you're going to have this profound experience, but then you're going to realize that, oh, wow, like I'm just going to get get about life. And it's quite simple and quite beautiful. And presence is, is all we have. It's ultimately all we have. Um, and so with the acupuncture, we're working with the nervous system. The brain, the brain will keep you in a loop, right? And, and mentally, most people actually do know what's creating their dis-ease internally. They mentally know exactly. So this happened and this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. Well, every time you talk about this, 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 it's reinforcing that, that neuro pathway. Okay. So with the acupuncture though, it, it, it doesn't, the, how do I say this? The nervous system doesn't realize that the event isn't happening right now though. Right. So you're, you're reinforcing these stories in the mind and the body about something that's not even the present moment but you're feeling it that it is right. So what, what we do is we balance out the nervous system. We downregulate the sympathetic part, which is your survival fight, flight, freeze, fawn, or go, 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 go. That people are spending, I would say majority of people are spending 90% of their time in that sympathetic part. So we get it downregulated and then we upregulate the parasympathetic which is that rest and digest part. So many people, they're not digesting the emotions. They're not digesting 
the the circumstances that have created these storylines in their body, they're not digesting it. Can you explain that briefly, the the difference between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system, how they work, how they work together? If, you know, if, again, this is kind of about that language, right? How we speak about this this experience, right? Where where and and ultimately this conversation leads to people potentially, you know, understanding themselves or knowing how to begin to pursue that, which then in turn leads to like how masculine am I? How feminine am I? How do I show up in the world? What's that thought process? So this is, you know, this is that 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 return to that more medical side of that conversation. So yeah, what is the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system for people that that don't know? Right. So and I can even that's it's it's a great way to weave in the masculine and the feminine as well as far as how it presents in the acupuncture that I do. Um, so the sympathetic, we have the autonomic nervous system, two parts, sympathetic, parasympathetic. Sympathetic is our survival mechanism. It's what keeps us ready for whatever's coming at us. It's how we react. But based on our programming, our conditioning or what have you, we might have a vulnerability to respond in a way that we, we either want to fight, right? Or we're going to run away or we're going to shut down. We're just going to clam up and we freeze or we get, we start fumbling and we're like fawn, right? It depends on mm -hmm. the person's personality, their conditioning, where in nature, in an actual survival situation, the autonomic nervous system, sympathetic point will actually tell you exactly what you need to do. Like you need to run, you need to get the heck out of here or right. you need to play dead because that's the best technique. But when a nervous system is on all the time and always prepared for the next Instagram trigger, right? Or the yeah. fix, right? It's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's pretty, pretty big deal. But that's why I say 90% of the people are pretty much always turned on because they're getting a text message, they're getting a phone call. So it's really, really important to get that down-regulated. We want to soften that reactive state. So then the parasympathetic part, which is the rest and digest, it's the part that really kind of kicks in whenever we're in not a state of survival. It helps, obviously, digesting our food. It helps when we're asleep. It's whenever we're repairing overnight, you know, how our body regenerates itself and it recharges itself because it's not requiring as much energy expenditure. But there's a lot of people struggling with chronic stress and anxiety, so they're not even sleeping. So with all the insomnia, so then we weave in the hormones. So the nervous system also regulates the endocrine system, which are all those hormones. And then it also regulates our body's ability to use our food effectively for energy. So it's a much bigger process of how the nervous system works with our body. And when it's out of balance, then, you know, we're, we don't have the mental clarity. We're not necessarily making as, as wise decisions. Um, and then, then we can layer in 
with with the acupuncture component of the the masculine and the feminine right the balance because essentially whenever i use the different points sometimes i'm working with the the feminine side of the body sometimes i'm working with the masculine side of the mm-hmm. body so the the feminine side of the body though is what's hidden right and it's very very simple it's what it's what we keep secret it's what we what we hide what we don't reveal it's the subtle things the mm-hmm. things that we suppress the things that we push down when we don't fully experience an emotion externally at a time when that emotion is needing to be expressed the anger the fear the grief we push it down and we hide it right because the feminine is internal like it's all we we're we're um it's so just, if we're healthy what do you think grief looks like uh while it happens because i i think you're right i you know i mean for me you know the, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps suck it up deal with it you know the the, the phrase be a man right you know like mm-hmm. to to take all that in and to your point it, the goal was to push it down the instruction was to push it down right that was the right. that was that was the proper technique it was like you know push it down uh yeah. so you know it's it's i think part of this is is the idea that we're as human beings become more complicated and and i think this conversation you know it's for more complicated human beings not everybody is complicated and that's not better or worse that's not hey i'm better because i'm more complicated i, I would almost argue that it's it just it's a lot more difficult to be complicated than it is simple. And sometimes I'm, I'm envious of more simpler human beings. Um, and that's not, that's not a synonym for stupid or, or, or dumb. That's just, they're just not as complicated. Right. Um, and what do you think it looks like when you have something go on in your life? Some, whether that's traumatic, whether that's external, whether that's emotional, uh, you know, death in the family, a divorce, uh, financial troubles of significant decree. Um, and you have to deal with that. So much of our language tells people to, to just, you know, work, right? Bury yourself in work or, or bury this. And it all has to do with that. What does it look like? Do you think, how does it sound when people are healthily going through these processes without that doesn't necessarily need to come back to you later to then be like, so I, 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 I crashed into the floor and now I need Stacy and all this other stuff to help pick me up off the floor to then start working again. Surely there's a way not to hit the floor. Yeah, I, I, um, absolutely. I, it's, it's, going through those processes, you know, there's certain steps in allowing whenever an emotion comes up to, to be with it, allow it to be, to find someone that you can communicate with about it, because we want to, we want rather to keep it. There's an acute component and there's a chronic component, right? In a situation, that's the acute timeline, right? For me, that's the time when we need to be talking about it is right now, this is what's happening. 
and to actually fully experience the emotions, no matter what it looks like, how ugly it might look and how scary it might look, but to actually deal with it and find, find people to talk with about it mm -hmm. because then it's moving it out of your body, which, you know, that's, um, that's healthier to a certain point because then there's, but we get to that timeline where it becomes chronic where, and I apologize in advance, but there's plenty of psychotherapists that are more than willing to let someone stay in a chronic state of telling their stories sure. over and over and over again. There comes a point in time when it is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We got to mm -hmm. let this go. Right. But it's not at the beginning. It's not at the beginning part. That's when you want to fully experience those emotions so they don't get pushed down and they don't get right. suppressed because it will come back. And it's almost funny because, you know, it's like the when you push things down and then you, you know, the, it goes like, well, you didn't put the toothpaste cap on the the. The, the toothpaste right the husband and wife yeah like where those socks don't on the floor you don't love me exactly <laughs> right so it's always about masculine feminine everything is about masculine yeah. and feminine which is so funny it always will come back to that yeah right? but you know it's it's um and, and it's having a good team of people around you or friends or what have you to have that self-awareness of knowing um, when it's becoming a problem, the, the over, the over processing of the emotions and such. Fair. And, and I think, so that's, that's where my, my, the bar I want to go next. So, you know, with, with these, with a bunch of other podcasts and all the sorts of things that exist out there, uh, the new age philosophy, new age talk, talking about, you know, feelings, right? I, I'm, I'm coming under the mindset and the, the belief and, you know, my beliefs are, are constantly changing. But at the moment, I kind of feel like there's this sentence that is true and that's feelings are not real. And the way that you feel about something may or may not have anything to do with the reality of what's happening, right? If I, if I don't hear from you for a little bit, and I might think that you're angry at me, right? And, and this is a deliberate act of uh, separating us and because you're, you, you've got something going on. But it's about me because it's happening to me from my point of view. But in fact, and that makes me feel terrible. When in fact, it has nothing to do with me. You have X, Y, and Z going on. And it's, you're, you're losing touch in, in a multiple areas that you don't want to lose touch in. In fact, it's, it's actually about you and there is, but I don't know that. Right. So then when you do, and people are like, well, it, like my feelings. And, and I think there's this, this mantra right now that's pervasive that like, well, this is how it made me feel as if that is the truth as if that is the you know the, the 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 end of the conversation right you made me feel great you made me feel terrible and 
I, I, I struggle with that because I see that, that, that philosophy abused a lot, right? Someone will say, hey, I feel uncomfortable. Well, there's, you have no reason to do that. You have no reason to feel uncomfortable. And I don't have to do anything differently to make you feel comfortable. This is a, this is a you problem that you feel uncomfortable in a situation that is not threatening at all. And we don't have to soften a situation for you. You need to grow. And I don't know that that's really popular right now uh, amongst, amongst the world. I, I hope it is, but like, I don't know. I, I hear more and more this, this, this notion of my feelings, my feelings. My, I felt this. And it's just, it's just I, I, I think that's a mistake. And I think in that language, as we talk about what it, what it sounds like to be empowered, to know yourself, to be able to move forward in when you have masculine or feminine energy, your way of thinking. I, I think masculinity and femininity are, are, are if at the most simplest, a, a way of thinking, a way of strategizing, a way of showing up in the world, processing external and internal information, and then deciding what to do with it. And the masculine side of human beings, men and women, uh, function in a, in a certain way, and the feminine side of men and women function in another certain way. So you know, w what do you think of that? Because that, that's, that's my belief, you know, talk, talk to me in two months and I could be like, oh, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I now no longer agree, but that's, I, you know, I think that's, that makes sense. And in, in my experience that, that is feeling correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it, it's it's kind of simple, right? It's like the the feminine is more emotional, right? The masculine's mm -hmm. more action oriented. So if we take those emotions, process them, and then put them into action, that creates a harmonious nervous system, right? Or it, but um, the the feelings, you know, for me, it's like if if we feelings or emotions, right? Cause I'm going to, there's two points I'm trying to make here. So um, you can tell me if I'm going off on the wrong path, but essentially we don't ever want to make there a decision. No wrong paths. All paths are the right path. That's true, right. If I get off the, <laughs> the script, right. Which happens with me because I'm like, Oh, cause I'm a woman. No. Um, but uh, the, see, I totally lost my train of thought now here That's um, right. we're, we're to never make a definitive commitment. I don't want to say judgment, but a commitment because if we're at an emotional high about something or at an emotional low, we're not balanced. So wait until there's an internal harmony that comes into your being, your being, because you can only be accountable for your being. And then that is going to give you a better idea of what you're really processing. Should I be um, concerned about not hearing from this person? Have I done something or what have you? But instead of, because that sympathetic reactive state is, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, did I do something? Or, you know, you're, you're automatically trying to, to figure out how do I fix this so I can, so I can feel comfortable inside again. But if you just allow, a little bit of time 
you know, it might be a minute, it might be five minutes, it might be two days, it might be three months. It doesn't, you know, until you come into that internal harmony and then you have the clarity as to what the truth, the truth is of the situation. Only when you have the truth of the situation is it kind of like real. And I feel like that's the actionable part. And, and right, right now we're, we're, we're trying to encourage people to take action on the feelings part and not the truth. Uh, and yeah. Right. Are you following? Well, how well yeah. Cause it almost, how do I say it? It's it, there's always a polarity, right? Cause we were kind of talks talking about the programming of men, like suck it up, mm -hmm. you know, take it like a man, pull yourself up. Right. That's one, one component. That's a pretty intense component. And we're swinging to this other side of your feelings matter. Oh, I want to know how you feel, express your feelings or what have you. So we've got these almost like two extremes right. to a degree, because it's right. always going to have to go right. That's just the pendulum. It's how energy works on a physics kind of process. So now we're going into this, like my feelings, you know, and, and as a professional or what have you, or. It's like, I'm like, you know what? I think we need to come and start swinging back the other way a little bit, because if mm -hmm. people are more concerned about their feelings that aren't actually truths, there's a lot of other problems that are being created and unnecessary time spent in dialogue. And unnecessary solutions. And right? solutions the action that, item. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, yeah, that, that, that all of a sudden, you know, now we're 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 making broad statement rules or or trying trying to design our culture in a certain way, um, you know, and taking a look at how we're designing our culture, what we're valuing, what we're saying is important. I think sometimes comes from a good place. It comes. It doesn't come from a. a place where we're trying to screw up society or you know and, and trying to break culture but i think human beings are changing a lot and in this very moment and this this opportunity to create like an intentional culture to say this is the truth this is how human beings operate and and, and maybe we're almost there where we really i mean the way you just described it sympathetic parasympathetic the 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 relationship between you know the cognitive and you know the uh and the the, the body these these relationships are becoming very defined like we're understanding how they work and that i think is going to change how we interact i think it's going to change what our culture looks like I, I think it's going to change the way partnerships and relationships look like. I think you know, relationships have, in the nuclear side, been potentially definitive um, codependent relationships. Uh, that was their nature. And that was their design. The man went to work. He, he lived in the masculine. He didn't help at home because he couldn't. He did all those other things, and the woman did all those other feminine things. 
And now human beings are starting to, to your point, find balance within themselves. And they don't need another person to create that balance for them. Right. When I look at relationships, you know, as early as my, my mother's generation, that's really what it was about. It was like two people, I mean, coming together as one, you complete me. All this notion that we are now able to do within ourselves. And, and some of this work that I did with you and some of this work that you're talking about, I think that's where a lot of that leads is it's, it's balancing within ourselves. So you don't have to look to the external to say, this situation makes me uncomfortable. Is this situation actually uncomfortable? And if it's not, then you don't need to change the situation. You need to change how you feel about it and tolerate something maybe that you don't like, but you don't need to change just for you. And I think a lot of that's going to come with this understanding with exactly what you're talking about, this, this balance between the two. And, um, and, and I think most of our world was built on imbalance, full, spend all of your time doing this thing and building this experience, building wealth, finding money. To what end, right? I think the, the balance to money is time. And now we're starting to value that and almost potentially overvalue that in Gen Z, I think, right? Where yeah. they're, they're, they're like, all I want is the time. And they're like, yeah, but when you have free time, you need money to do things. Uh, and even if you just want to go to the woods, you got to buy camping stuff unless you're going to be survivor man. Uh, you know, so, you know, this experience that you know, time is, is important, I think is correct. I, I've certainly valued time over money in my life, which is, which is one of the, probably the more critical decisions that I made. But if it's, if it, to your point, if it swings too hard and all you care about is time, then you're, you're not going to have the resources to, to spend that time how you, how you actually want to spend it. And I, I think this work is really interesting when it comes to the result that it can produce and why this is necessary, not hopefully in just people that have crashed into the bottom. You know? it's, it's very practical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said earlier about like the living a simple life with lack of complexity or what have you, but swinging to these extremes, sometimes a person needs to go. This mental has to be of the intellect. The mind is the intellect. The body is mm -hmm. intelligence. It's intelligent. Mm -hmm. It's, it doesn't change, right? We're not, you know, it's the, it's the hardware versus the software. And sometimes we have to go this far out to actually just realize everything is fine. Yeah. It's very simple. And one of the things that I, not, I work, I, I work with very high functioning people. I, I definitely have a demographic of um, people that are highly sensitive, high functioning, um, you know, intellectuals and what have you that, aren't in their bodies. And whenever you 
through like the acupuncture and the work we're doing, and you can bridge the bridge that gap and drop someone into their body, and they can actually have that felt sense of being fully embodied. The peace that can just come over, and then it gets really fun. Mm-hmm because you're actually navigating the world through your body versus your mind. And you're using your mind just as a a point of reference. And so Hmm. then how you create is different. The body is earth. The mind is above, right? So as above, so below, well, this is the heaven. This is the firmament. This is the the earth plane. We are, you know, as much as time travel and all that fun stuff, multidimensional beings, and I can go way out there with the best of them, but right here, right now, this is in a, I'm in a 3d body. And so I am here to master this, this, this earthly, um, you know, constitution that I'm, I'm made up of. And so what, what, what are we here to accomplish in, in these particular bodies that, we're here with and the accumulation of all of our life experiences are through how I process our, our kind of our, our education. And they're the tools that we're equipped with to be able to be in service to others, to, to help all of us on our, our journey, right? This, this oneness that we are. And so any point in time, whenever someone has maybe this, this, amazing life experience and skill set and what have you that they're not putting to use to help the collective is almost like a disservice to their soul's purpose for being in the this time space um so you know when when, when, uh, i mean i I get what you're saying you're i mean it's it's high concept but you know it's it's what it is um But my question, so with regards to that and it being a little, little higher concept, um, when and what can it feel like and when you potentially are ready for this, if you're not on the bottom, right? If you're not, if you're not searching for something to survive and you haven't dropped to that extreme, what do you think it looks like? What kind of self-talk am I having? Um, what kind of uh, position, experience in the world might I be having that would clue me in to say, hey, it's, I'm ready and it's time to try and refine this balance. Um, so you don't, yes, yeah, so we don't have to run into a wall, break our nose first. What, what should someone look for in their life or in their feelings or in their thoughts? Right. It's, it's in their feelings. Right. Because because this is of intelligence. So it's an internal mm-hmm. disharmony that triggers the mental trying to figure it out. Right. Because there's something it's like, I'm just not not feeling balanced. I'm not feeling fulfill, fulfilled logically because like, capitalism is a great example. So I work with corporations on with team building. We need to change the way we're doing business but we don't have the experience or the exposure, even the know-how of what the emerging corporate structure is going to look like. Like what is truly going to serve society? Not, oh, I'm green and I do this and I'm a B Corp and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about 
does this actually serve society in a big way? Is it for the future betterment of how our world will actually look? And so working with people to essentially vision what it would look like saying, okay, I know this needs to happen. So I need to get on my A game. What do I need to do to kind of clear out the cobwebs, clean my, clean my chalkboard, right? The chalkboard of, of all the mm -hmm. extra, you know, residue or chalk dust. I want to clean mm -hmm. all that off of my mind so I can think more logically. I think most people have had the experience of coming into a, you know, seeing a dirty chalkboard versus a clean chalkboard and how cool right. it is to get that like fresh piece of paper that, okay, now I'm going to like, I'm, my thoughts are in order, right? That's what it, it, that's the experience. So you get your nervous system balanced, you get your body kind of in a, in a state where you're detoxing the emotions and everything effectively, then you can start road mapping. What, what moves do I need to make in order to solve what I am internally experiencing as an imbalance and put it into a solution. Well, I think there's it's... power there too. Right. Um, oh, yeah. You know, all this talk about, you know, the men, the mind, the mental, you know, and the one thing that's happening in the world faster than anybody is aware or, or most people are aware and going to affect us more than most people realize is, AI and, 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 and quantum computation, the combination of those two things, you know, we are the masters of this planet because we were smart, right? We, we had an intelligence that the other animals didn't have. And so we, we took over. And then we invented something because we valued our intelligence. We, we, we hit that home and now we've invented something that can outthink us infinitely almost and will outthink us infinitely in short order. And maybe the, the, the thing that makes us human and the only reason for human beings to continue to exist as a species on this planet is our connection to the biological and the bridge that our our mind body system has within us that we're, we're just now to your point, just now starting to understand. And even if we understand it from a medical point of view, as a doctor, as a practitioner, as a nurse, it's not, it's not common speak, right? It's not, it's not in the zeitgeist about how to be connected to your body. And, and I think a lot of times when it, when it is in the zeitgeist, it's, it's capitalized on, which then, twists it to a certain extent and you get you know your gurus and your you know your your people down in costa rica and you know not to call out nasara but you know nasara is kind of that right where you're all down there and everybody's kumbayaing in their eight million dollar mansion and you know pretending like you know this is neat because their feet are in the dirt um and and, and that's just that's also not real life you know, uh, and so it needs to be translated. It needs to be understood for for real life, for for the 
more average human being in the world that can't tell the world to go fuck itself, go down to some luxury resort somewhere, you know, and sit under a tree and hum and take cacao. Yeah. Uh, and, and all those things are great. I'm not dismissing those things. I'm right? just saying that that's not, that's not the average person's experience. And there, there needs to be a way to find this access and to have this knowledge. I, I think there's part of it that is critical to our survival as a species, because there's just, I, I can think of no reason why human beings sh should continue to exist as thinkers because we've outdone ourselves, right? We, we created better, better things to do that. Um, there's a reason machine, you know, machines lift heavy things and we invented hydraulics and now, yeah, we don't use a pulley system and like 800 men and a big rope to pull up a rock. We just put a hydraulic underneath and we lift it because the machine is better at it. It's stronger than we ever could be. And now the machine is smarter than we ever could be. So what is this magic experience that is, you know, the somatic response that, that often has been a little magical, but I think it's, it needs to be, you know, magic is just science unexplained, right? And, and I think we need to start explaining this to people and you know part of this podcast episode is to explain this to people so that they can understand why this is a important b how to begin and you know we can't tell people where to end they're all going to end where they're supposed to end it's all variant and different there's no success there there right? and i think we're all different and my depth and and my balance is going to be very different from yours even if we're both technically complete, right? Like, and so I can't say, hey, you have, you have to continue to work because you're not where I'm at. You might not supposed to be where I'm at. That might not be how you're designed, right? In the same way that like from a, and we can understand it from a mental point of view, you know, where it's, uh, hey, if I'm, if I'm, trying to take a, a PhD level astrophysics class and I'm just lost. That doesn't mean that, you know, astrophysics shouldn't be pursued by anybody. It's just, just not by me. Right. Uh, because, you know, I'm, I can't, I'm not smart enough to handle it, but that, but some people are, uh, and conversely, I think goes in the body, right. I can handle X, Y, and Z. Emotionally, I can handle the stress. I can handle this. I have a better, I have more neurons or whatever it is, more, more nerves, more fibers that allow me to process information faster through the body. And so I'm, I'm better suited for certain things and I can push myself, but some people shouldn't. I would say that's simpler people. They shouldn't, but they still need to understand that relationship and that for who they are and know themselves well enough to say, I'm, I shouldn't do this thing because I don't have the capabilities and that exists all around us. I will never, never, and could have never been an NBA basketball player. It's just, I, I, I could have practiced, I could have studied, I could have gotten great coaches. Just it's not, it's not what was going to happen for me. 
and, and most of us can appreciate that. I was never going to be a center for, you know, the, the New York Jets. That's not who I am. And, and, and we, don't, we don't look down upon that, right? We don't say, you're terrible because you could never be the center for the New York Jets. Um, and, and I think we need to start doing that on a somatic level and, and, and looking at our bodies from that point of view and saying, I can handle this type of stress. I should be in a partnership. I should not be in a partnership. I should have children. I should not have children. And it's not better or worse. Some people are suited. Some people aren't. And just because you're suited doesn't mean you should have to do it. But, you know, Michael Jordan didn't have to play basketball. He, he chose to, and he was awesome at it. But if he would have at some point been like, I want to play baseball. Oh, wait, I think he did that. <laughs> and, and he could go. And then he wasn't very good at it. Right. So it, I think this stuff is really important for people to, to try and break it down for the simple people. And again, that, that doesn't mean simple isn't like stupid or dumb or, or, or less than. It's just they function in a more simplistic way. And but this this work still has application for them and maybe even more so for them than it does for, for complex people because complex people find it because they have to, right? You just run into the, the I, I, those are the ones that run into walls and they spin and they get keel hauled in life, right? That this is more simple person, like maybe hits the bottom, but then gets up because they don't know what else to do. And they're like, well, well okay, that sucked. Same yeah, choice. And, Exactly. And they just go forward. So, yeah, I mean, and we'll, we'll come close to wrapping up, but, you know, I want to kind of give it back to you and say, you know, with that in mind, with, with this, what, what, again, would, would you clue into somebody that is looking for this experience and how to find it and how to judge whether or not, you know, they, what they need to begin with, right? It not not everybody needs to jump into like eight weeks of ketamine and acupuncture therapy combined with DMT and and psilocybin, right? Going to a shaman in Peru, like not everybody needs that to get to where they need to go. So, wh wh where do you think people should begin? Um, to be honest, if I had my druthers, is it would be the acupuncture. It's sure. simple. It's, it's right. It's affordable. It's measurable in a way that really allows someone to have the experience of being in their body and having the nervous system calibrated. Cause I don't, I, I don't know anyone irregardless of demographic or gender, anything. Everyone has a nervous system. And everyone experiences, experiences some degree of stress, which is relative to their, their soul's experience here. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's working with the electrical system in the body. I think that that is the foundation. The nervous system is one of the first things to develop in the body as an embryo. So if we can go back to where that foundation is, and this is just my, my personal practice of 
the nervous system regulates so much in the body. And if we can get the nervous system calibrated, it starts bringing everything else back online. And then from that place, we can assess what is the next step. Do you need ketamine? Do you need psilocybin? Do you need ayahuasca? Do you need nothing? Do you need an antidepressant? Maybe, maybe mm. you know, that could do, you know, are you actually bipolar? Do you need some low dose lithium? Right. And we can make a truly educated decision versus people who've been on long-term antidepressants and are like, I need to come off my meds. And I heard that I can go to uh, Costa Rica and do ayahuasca and I'm going to be okay. And then they do that, but they actually have a, a, a an imbalance in their body that's not being taken right. care of. And it throws them into a complete tailspin and it sets them back even further than what they were. So that's yeah. why I'm very, you know, as far as Dalchemy, that my actual ac acupuncture company as a brand is the goal is to scale a national acupuncture platform for compassion fatigued nurses and first responders to teach them to do what I do so they oh, can go into their community with, whether it be in a yoga studio, whether it be in a medical office, a dental office, in a church, even a community center, a harm reduction center, any, it can be a plug and play because I am making an educated guess that almost every community has a nurse in it. I right. bet every community has a nurse. It has a first responder of some sort that by getting the nervous systems balanced of a community, how that spreads, because it's a, it's a frequency. And when people's nervous systems, when their bodies are balanced and that creates harmony, the mind quiets down. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we've got AI, we've got, you know, chat GPT, all of these amazing, you know, quantum things that are happening. The body's far more intelligent. Right. The body will always trump the mental game. So when, when looking at an acupuncturist, right, starting at the beginning, I've mm -hmm. heard this, uh, if someone's listening, right, and they hear this and they're like, okay, as an acupuncturist, and I would argue a good one, what are the three... The three main questions that someone wants to either ask an acupuncturist or look at in an acupuncturist, like part of the problem, I think, with some of this science of the body is that it's not, it's not something that we've really grown up with. We don't really have a language to understand and interpret and judge different acupuncturists and on the surface the way that we've been taught about science it looks kind of silly right you take a couple needles you put them in your body in weird places and like that's supposed to make me feel better um it does work but i can understand why people are hesitant to even attempt it also takes time right it's not it's not like a you go in once and someone jams a needle in your third eye and you're like, you are now blessed and open and, and, and perfect. No, it, this is a 
repetitive experience over time, moving the needle, different analogy, but moving the needle slightly, little bit by little bit with each, with each you know, interaction, right? And it, I feel like it, it is a cumulative experience over time versus you know, an acute cure. And to understand that, so what, 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 do, I, what do I do? What, what are the questions or the top three things to look at when I, I decide, hey, you know, this sounds really cool. All right, step one, acupuncturist. This is where I'm going to begin. How do I know if my acupuncturist has any real ability? Because I have to trust them over time, as we just talked about. So now I'm two months in, now I'm three months in, a couple grand maybe down. And when do, I, when do I decide this is working, this isn't working? And I went through this. I, I did acupuncture a few times in my past with potentially not great acupuncturists or without the ability to maintain a consistency. I didn't see an improvement, kind of thought it was silly. And I stopped going. And then, you know, my, my journey and my experience in life, you know, brought me back to some of those things. And, you know, those misperceptions were corrected for me. But it, that, that doesn't always happen for people. And, and sometimes people are only going to try once. So how, how do we stack the deck in somebody's favor? from your point of view so that they can at least hopefully start off on the right foot with a good acupuncturist that is going to provide them with, with consistent care. Uh, for example, like how often should someone be seen in the beginning? Do you think in general, obviously individual cases are going to vary in plus or minus, but if someone, if an acupuncturist says, I only need to see you once a month, is that, going to do anything? Um, so that's why I talk about the fact that I'm a nurse. So the way mm -hmm. I treat is through the filter of a Western clinically trained nurse and nursing process. So with that being said, a lot of people will go into have acupuncture with someone that's trained in like traditional Chinese medicine. Well, that's a very different type of training. And I look at it as a Westerner, we need to be able to communicate with patients through the filter of a Western language in contrast to, I'm going to put these needles in you and I want you to take these herbs. Well, why? Well, can you please mm -hmm. explain that to me through the filter of what I would understand? I'm not just going to blindly do what you're telling me to do if I don't understand it. That's not wise for anyone to ever do. So number one, make sure that they can explain what their process is in a way that you understand it. Hmm. Number two, make sure they're addressing Western issues, so to speak, Western lifestyle-based issues. Make sure that they're addressing your autonomic nervous system. The nervous system needs to be balanced in every single session, in my opinion, because we're living in a world of chronic stress. Make sure that they're working with your fascia. 
the fascia runs from the top of the head to the soles of your feet. It's around every cell, every organ. It holds everything together. That to me is like the internet of the body. It's what's carrying all these electrical wiring and making sure that the electrical wires are communicating, that they're not narrowed and that the electricity is actually going through. So we want to make sure the fascia is being treated as well. We want to make sure that they're doing some work on balancing out the endocrine system. So the nervous system, endocrine system, and fascia, like those are three of the like baseline. I believe that we need to address work while we're dealing with Western based lifestyle imbalances in the body, but don't so ever. If I went to an acupuncturist and I said, all right, talk to me about my intercom system, my fascia. And what was the third one? Nervous system. And my nervous system. And if they can't, or they, and they, or they can't explain it in a way that I understand, I'm hearing probably find a different acupuncturist. Yeah. Because that's a gap. Yeah. That's a gap of yeah. opportunity because the thing is, if someone's sticking me with something, if I'm getting poked, I want to know who's poking me. You know, I want to, right? Because <laughs> it matters. It's a transference, yeah. Yeah. right? I just don't so let anybody ways. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a relationship because there's a transference of energy. Hmm. You know, and I take it like, like before I'll even, before I'll even do acupuncture, I make sure I'm completely clear. I don't, I don't do acupuncture on any of it. If I'm not bringing any baggage into the room with me, um, it, and it's, it's, you know, those, those are just the simplest things that are consistently need to be balanced. And, and the thing is that that can be balanced every week. Um, the one thing that, um, what I'll do is I'll sit with someone though. I'll, I'll see a client for maybe an hour and a half, two hours sometimes though. And I'll do multiple acupuncture treatments because it's like compounded interest. Yeah. Right. So I'll have people but that those, are flying. Those are usually in traumatic recovery situations, right? Uh, there's that, but also I have private, you know, clients that'll fly in from out of town and we'll spend a chunk of time together. Right. And then or I get them condensed, back on the road. Sure. Right. So it's more of in that circumstance, it's a, it's a, you're trying to, to your point, compound and condense the amount of time. But what right. would you say, lastly, what would you say is a good maintenance experience for acupuncture? Not, not, not traumatic recovery, not, you know, I just, I've, I've, I'm good. I've learned, I've gone through this thing and now in order to maintain my balance, what would you argue? Again, there's plus or minus, and there's an individual reality to these numbers, but just to give people an idea, right? Like, what does it take? Is it once a month? Is it? I think once a month, because it's like any, it's conditioning, right? And once your body's familiar with something, it's like lifting a weight, right? Once it might be mm, hard at yeah. first or running, running, whatever. It might be hard at first, but over a month's time, it, it, you acclimate and then, you know, maybe you don't run for six months, but when you come back and you start running again, it might be a little bit challenging, but your body has this memory in it. And so it'll, yeah. it'll be able to, to, um, you know, increase endurance faster than when you were starting at a baseline. So really, um, you know, I'm like once a month, I think is a great, just practical, you know, once you're there. Step. Once I think month? that's helpful for people. 
mm-hmm. you know, because what, how often do we talk about that, right? I mean, what what is the norm in some of these more avant-garde practices of the body, which I think are becoming more and more relevant? We're, oh, we're no longer just looking at, and we've been trying to treat the mind for all of these disorders and these things, when in fact, maybe to your point, it, it, it is through the body that we need to treat and you know, just dosing ourselves with numbing chemicals or trying to figure out how to block and or enable serotonin receptors specifically in the brain. Perhaps there's a way to go through the body that will open that up correctly and 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 make it more functional and longer lasting without the continuous dependency that becomes apparent from all sorts of drugs that kind of mask the problem right they they address the symptom they don't really address the cause and it's for me in my experience with acupuncture combined with ketamine and that sort of thing uh, it, it began to address the why it, it addressed the cause and then the solution kind of just happened exactly right we we have to go through the body because the way the body works it i mean this is a whole other like probably conversation what have you but the body we have to, it has to be working effectively mm-hmm. because the mind will follow it mm-hmm. the mind will follow it if it's in harmony hmm. and that's the opposite of the matrix you know the body cannot live without the mind the mind cannot live without the body i guess it goes both ways right um but you can well, be brain so dead here i'm like you yeah. can be brain dead and on a ventilator <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely or, you know it's it's fascinating um, oh well thank you so much for this i mean that's just this has been a great series for me uh, this is season one where season two will launch in about a month. And it's just been a wonderful you know, examination of what it is to know yourself. And this has been a, a great wrap up to that, that, that hopefully you know, extends it beyond just an esoteric idea about men versus women, masculinity versus femininity. Like the point is to understand who you are and how you want to show up in the world and how you want to show up effectively in the world, right? If I want to show up as, you know, a cat, as is, you know, whatever is happening in the world, that that's fine, but you aren't going to be effective by doing that. And choosing and having conscious control of how you process your information. In this situation, the wolf is at the door. I probably don't need to try and love on him i need to get a bigger wolf you know or i need to be the bigger wolf conversely your baby's crying don't throw it out with the bathwater, right you gotta embrace your feminine whether that's as a man or as a woman so i, I think these experiences are are valid and, and we're starting to make them right uh, women are starting to pull away from their femininity they've moved into the workplace they're doing things they're thinking Men are pulling into their vulnerability, but we're all really struggling on both ends of that, trying to figure out how how I survive and what it looks like. And 
this has just been a great conversation about that. So I appreciate that so much, uh, especially from the medical side, which gives it a little bit more clout. It's, it's not just, you know, esoteric ideas. Um, it's, it's something that truly is, it, it is rooted in science in ourselves and, and in science that we understand that bleeds into a bit of the magical, but you know, there, there's a lot that isn't magic. There's a lot that we do understand, right? You know, to your point, right? you, you can look at somebody and with your understanding, you really can be like, this is what is going on. It's not witchcraft, right? So again, thank you so much, Stacey. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you. Not sure if the path of your parents is the path for you? What questions do you begin with? What does self-discovery feel like? My journey of self-discovery has been both my privilege and my tribulation. I have lived life differently than most. I offer educational sessions on how to pursue your path. Links and contacts are in the bios. Thank you for listening to the Sex and Humans podcast. My name is John David Whalen, powered by Riverside FM 91.9.